Max Morrow for the week. I think he's a dead set ghost. That's his spraying beer probably all over his ceiling. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Isn't it real you can't nominate yourself as Diamond of the Week? It was just a spectacle. It was probably one of the better games we'll see. Just, just about doing, mate. Hey, uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That yeah. much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the Semi Pros special guest joining me this week, Ash Taylor. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? How is Ash Taylor, the coach, going in your first year yeah. as a rugby league coach, first grade coach? Yeah, it's. Um, I thought it was a good challenge, and it it has been a challenge, and really enjoying it. But um, you know, just really looking forward, um, just getting to know these blokes more, and hopefully um, to make a difference on the field. It has been a tough season results wise for Newtown but you went there with a purpose to try and help a club help some players you've had to, you've had to deal with a lot of different things I'm guessing in your yeah. first year as a coach yeah no it's um definitely been a challenge I didn't really think about it um when I agreed to do it but um you know it's it's been a great experience and um a massive learning curve for myself onto um how the local league runs and you know how to be a local um coach I guess why did you want to coach? Was it something you always thought you would do, or? Yeah, I just think it, it was um, an easier transition for me to um, be still in, in, involved in rugby league and to obviously help out Newtown. They're, they're a struggling club, and I just wanted to um, see if I could make a difference to the club. Um, and and it's gone how it's gone, and you know it's it's you know t- towards the back end of the season, and we have some players dropping off because they're not happy with you know how we're going. But um, at the end of the day, you know we're we're there for the players and we turn up the train on Tuesday, Thursday to make sure we we do what we can to try and um, perform on the weekends. You've been exposed to rugby league at all sorts of levels right to, to the very top. Was there more involved in coaching a, if I could call it a, a bush footy team, than you ever thought? Yeah, uh, I didn't realise how much went behind the scenes. Obviously, when you're playing at the top level, everything's done for you. You don't have to organise anything. You know, the jerseys, the water, the Powerades, the lollies, you know, the towels, even towels, and everything got washed for you. You just have to bring your boots. Um, it's a lot different up here. And it's um, as I said, it's been a great experience. And, um, yeah, looking forward to um, hopefully coaching again um, in the years to come. Recently in the media, you sort of spoken about Bush footy, and I guess, and how it's going, and you and you've been quite open with the struggles that Newtown's had in terms of players. You know, you're not the only club. Do you have concerns when you look at what you see from a bush footy from a longevity? Now, like you talked about, you grew up here in Tiara yeah. to go and watch probably you know your old man and people play. Yeah, like wow, this is strong. This is a great comp. You know, is, is it quite what it was? Yeah, obviously back then um, the competition was strong. You know, that was. At, at its peak level and you know my personal opinion if they had a Q Cup team here back then they would have thrived um, but now it's it's definitely changed a lot you know you, back then you had to be strong you had to be fit you had to turn up the training to play um, you know all, all these types of things and there was so much local talent around um, we didn't have to source you know out goals from Brisbane out west or anything like that but um, it's a lot different now and it's changed dramatically since I last seen it when I was up here. Um, obviously, looked at it from afar, but never week in, week out stuff like I'm doing now. So, um, it's the game's definitely changed, um, and you know I, I'm hoping that it does pick up 
back up here in Toowoomba. Um, that there is a lot of local talent here. Um, it's just a matter of you know how we get them back into the game and fall back in the love of game of playing rugby league in the TRL. Because you're right, there'll always be talent from this area. You know that you grew up here and you've yeah. seen how many great players have come from this area. It's one of the greatest nurseries of rugby league talent you'll ever you'll ever have. So it's important that the game thrives, but it's just finding the right model that allows it to thrive. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, I've read a few comments online about. Um, you know, people change commitments. You know, there's work comes first, and you know, families come first. But what's the difference between back when back when I was here, people were still working and looking after the family, to now it's it's that side of things hasn't changed. So, I'm not too sure. Um, you know how how we go about that as a Newtown club or the TRL. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely fallen off um, the cliff a little bit. Um, and I don't know the answer. If I knew the answer, yeah. <laughs> I'd do it. But um, you know, I. I really don't know um, how we move forward um, as a whole in the TRL. Well, we've looked at the, the game nationally and go back a couple of years and they merged clubs. It's a really, really proud clubs. Like if someone said to me, look, brothers in Newtown should merge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there'd be people spinning in their graves. You yeah. know, th- th- <laughs> there's there's people that have been entrenched in these clubs or valleys or souths, whoever yeah. it may be, so staunch and proud. But I mean, they went to... St George and said listen you're going to merge with Illawarra they went to West and said you're going to merge with Balmain do, yeah. do you think are there too many clubs um, I think I think we've got to adapt or is to, there enough players that's exactly right I, I and if I knew that answer I'd, you know I'd, I'd tell you but um, you know at the end of the day we want a strong competition here and we don't want to see clubs um, struggling um, week in week out and we don't want to see the struggle of a club um, you know to fall away into the um, not be in the competition because, as you said, there's there's so much rich history behind, especially Newtown and Brothers. Um, you know, to be able to pass that on and try and merge, I I don't know if that's the answer. I don't think that's the answer, yeah. but only time will tell. Um, and you know, as as me being at Newtown, I know there's a lot of history at Newtown, and you know that's why I keep showing up because you know I could. I could easily sit back and just accept what's happening, but I, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm out there still looking for players to play. I want local talent here because, you know, if you turn up the train and there's only six or seven there, I can't. How are you supposed to coach, you know, uh, local TRL team? And, I, and I'm, I'm sure other clubs are in the same boat. Um, and you know, it's just how do we engage with those players to be able to come play um, back in the competition and make it as strong as it um, as I remember as a kid coming through. And is that a big part of why you wanted to coach? You looked at a club like Newtown and had been through its struggles, was out of the comp, was back in the comp, yeah. and you thought, you know, I want to see him do well, and if I can play a part in that, and like you said, you might realise the depths of what goes yeah. into it. But was that that was the main motivation for you? You look, you know, I want to be there for a, for yeah. a club and help well, them out. Well, I helped them at the back end of last year when I retired. You know, I I went up to training and I was, and I was helping the girls and you know, the men were training as well. And I'd I'd put my head in and see how they're travelling. Um, and I just I didn't want to see the club um, fall away and you know to be able to be out of the competition. Um, it just meant I think so much to me um, personally. I I needed something to fall back to because I wasn't being able to play. And um, you know the coaching job um, come up and. I didn't really think too hard about it. I just jumped straight into it because of this opportunity for me and I thought um, I could do some great things out there at um, Newtown. Um, and you know, we're still working on it. And I've said in the media before, stuff, things don't change overnight and it's a it's a time thing. I think for you know most struggling clubs, it, it does take times, um, time 
to to um, heal that process and to and to move forward. But it's just about you know our players this year, and I've said it since day one. I just 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 hang in there, boys. You know, like I know it's I know it's tough, and we not you might think we're not going to win games, but you know I'm I'm just proud of the of the effort they put in. You know, some boys are playing two games every weekend yeah. just so we're surviving. You know, and we have a team, and we try and be as competitive as we can. And you know, I I commend the boys for that. You know, I give them some time off training to. You know, heal from that because there's no, there's no use keep flogging them. It's not going to change anything. And it's not going to bring numbers. So, um, you know, we look after our players um, just as well. You know, we, we um, put on some barbecues at training for them. You know, we try and encourage them for come. We put on some beers for them and whatever else, and try to build that culture back into the club. Um, which, which again takes time. You know, there's a core group of boys out there. Cameron Moody, probably one of them. He's yeah. there. He coaches juniors. He comes over to our training. You know, he's. He's a very big club man, and there's so many people behind the scenes over there that you know deserve better um, yeah. as results or players coming. Um, and you know, it's just a matter of time. You know, wish we can speed up time to, you know, bring some success and um, bring some consistency to the club, but um, it it does take time. And you speak about Greg, was like Cameron Moody used to get Snapchats from him driving past the old Newtown ground singing yeah. the song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you got the same. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. talk about a staunch Newtown man who said it doing whatever whatever he can. If you asked him to play 10 games, he'd do it. Yeah, and he he doesn't miss a beat moods. You know, he's he's there. You know, the only reason he's not there is because he, he has to be at something else and it's not too many times that he has to be somewhere else. He's <laughs> he's always there training. You know, he's there early and he's there to the end with his kids. So it's... um. It's awesome to see him still there and, um, you know, being one of the leaders of our club. It is a process, but do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Like, you see better times ahead? I think so. Um, you know, once, obviously, Newtown's only fresh back in the competition. But, you know, if we're going to track some players by, um, you know, starting to become more consistent and, um, you know, they see the the um, work we put in behind the scenes, um, it starts, you know, obviously with the committee, you know, they've been there since day dot, since they've been back in the competition. And I commend them so much for that because um, they have had some struggling years, uh, you know, over the past. I think they've only won one A-grade team, one A-grade game against Brothers this year. And, you know, it was just great to be able to reward them for all the efforts. Um, you know, I just wish more results would go away and, you know, we could be more consistent, but, um, you know, we'll, there is light in the tunnel, and I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, it's just it's just going to take a long time, um, you know, to get back at, get it, get the club back to where it needs to be. What about for Ash Taylor, the individual? Do you miss playing? Yeah, I think it's something missing in my heart. It's what I've known since I was a kid, and I lived and and breathed in NRL, and I didn't think I'd ever retire. Um, I think that's what the hardest thing was, just to walk away, um, and you know, move back to Toowoomba, back home, and. You know, back to work. You know, working eight yeah. till four. Uh, I had to do something because I couldn't just sit around because I, I would have taken it um, to heart a lot more, and I would have probably went down a bad stage where, um, you know, maybe some players have in the past um, fallen that gap. So it has been a struggle um, mentally, um, physically. It's been awesome being able to get my surgery done and back walking and back doing the things I love now, back in the gym and back running. So um, yeah, it's just a time game for me and. Um, as, I'm enjoying coaching at Newtown, and um, you know we'll see where things take me. You are retired, but will you ever play again? <laughs> yeah, that's the question I get off, uh, asked often a lot. Um, I think when I've had a few views, I've been telling everyone I want to play again, and the words obviously got around. So um, yeah, I'd love to play again. Um, as we spoke about earlier, I 
my mind is saying yes, I do want to play it, but at the moment it's um, my body telling me I can't do, it. I, you know, I can't get to that. Just like in a, in a drop of a hat, it takes time, and I think once I do a bit of training and um, get myself back in the nick, um, we'll see, we'll see where the wind takes me. I guess I, I don't have an answer. I wish I could have an answer of how or when or or what, um, but at at this stage, I'm just at the very beginning of my rehab, and we'll see where it takes me. Not to put words in your mouth, but it's not a no. Nah, definitely not a no. You might play. Might, maybe. Well, hopefully, that's the word I should use. Hopefully, <laughs> because but there is certainly an itch there where you're like, I, if I can do it. Yeah, I've, I think I've spoken to too many people who have retired. Um, you know, and, and they keep saying, you know, it's you're a long time retired. Um, so I don't want to, don't want to miss a beat with that one. Um, and that's in the forefront of my head. Um, that, you know, I'm still only. What am I now? Twenty eight, I think. Yeah, twenty eight. <laughs> um, you know, and you know, once you get to your mid thirties, you're sort of on the back end of your career. So, hopefully, the, um, I have some more time. But um, at that, at this stage, I just want to keep progressing with my with my rehab and um, yeah, see where the wind takes me. From prodigious talent to marquee NRL player to medically retired at twenty seven, how hard was that for you to handle? Yeah, it was obviously. Very, very tough. Uh, I think my partner can speak. Mon- Montana can speak on that. Um, she's obviously um, lived and breathed it as well um, with our two little ones. And I think you know, once once my hip started to get a bit sore, um, I think we jumped to a conclusion to get surgery and to try and shave them back and to try and um, let them heal. But it just took a took a massive um, right turn and just. Just the, um, decreased um, power. I couldn't squat, you know. And then it got to a stage where I was at the Warriors and was trying to give everything I can, and um, I couldn't get out of bed. Like I couldn't get up. I couldn't chase around. I had, I had two kids under two, and I couldn't get off the couch um, to play with them. So that was, I think that was the easiest decision was to retire. Um, but obviously the hardest one to give up my dream. Um, it does take a lot of time and, and, and effort to get there and I wouldn't have got there without the people behind me. Um, but at the end of the day, I've I done it for my kids. Um, I don't want them to see me keep struggling like that. You know, I was in tears, you know, probably at least once a week, you know, just tr- trying to swallow the pill to bring the courage to do it. And I, I didn't think I could do it until I had some serious conversations. And at the end of the day, as, as I said, it was a once I thought about it, it was it was easier decision, but... Um, one of the hardest ones I've had to make. Just give me goosebumps thinking you speak about that. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's unreal. Like so, you, to think of so you you knew you couldn't do it, but it was just convincing. Yeah, I, yourself that you I, had to retire. I tried everything in my power. Like I was taking tablets. I was getting um, cortisone injections. I was, I just tried everything, and right until the day come when they said, "Look, this this is the only way it's going to go. You know, it's you need them getting replaced." And so I could have just um, left them the way they were and I would have been sore for a long time or I could get in straight away, um, be looked after by by the NRL to be able to pay for my surgeries rather than me having to fork it out in four years' time when, when you know, you, you're not looked after, you're not in the private health. You've got to pay for it all on your own bat. So um, very grateful for the NRL and, and the clubs I've been at to be able to get me to where I got to, but um, obviously very, very disappointed in um, the way it ended. And you must, 
you knew what you were going through. People close to you knew what you were going through. So as I said, like you came through the system and, you know, you were on big money and all that they talked about at the Titans and all these yeah. sorts of things, the pressure that was on you, you were the next yeah. this, the next that. And with that comes all of the garbage that comes with social yeah. media. Like it yeah. must, you never know what someone's story is like. For you, you were battling to get out of bed, let alone to go out there and play football. And you've got all these yeah. people piling on saying, you know, Ash Taylor this or that or should be that, not worth the money or not. They're like, yeah. All that stuff that you have to deal with at that level, like do you think, Common Joe sitting at home, they don't think about that or even understand. No, it, and, you know, it's... I don't know they're fans and they're, you know, as they say, everyone's oh, fans. But, you know, like, gee, it's... I think you get it anywhere these days, you know, social media, social media is very powerful. Um, and back when I first came into the NRL, I was I was loving my footy and I was flying on the radar at the Broncos and then I went down to Titans and obviously got a gig there and then just moved, moved through. They paid, paid me some big money, but, um, you know, and... I've done so much for that club, you know, and 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 to cop some of the stuff that I did, um, just stepping over the boundaries and uh, like I don't want to go on about it, um, all the stories, but um, you know I I give my heart and soul into that club, you know I done all my powers to try and make that club successful, and and at the end of the day it wasn't wasn't meant to be, um, and it was a mutual agreement where I move on, and I didn't, you know I could have went overseas and I could have been still playing and. Playing over in England, I could have went over there, but you know I had a young family. I didn't want to move my family over to over to England or or even to Sydney. You know I did get offers from Sydney where I I turned it down because the Warriors were at Redcliffe. Um, you know once I signed that deal, I was you know if I was still able to play, I probably would have moved to New Zealand and been at the club. Yeah. But obviously um, things took a turn and had to get the surgery and um, yeah had to retire. So. Um, it's a it's a long time retired, and um, you know that's why I I say if if my body could do it, um, I will. Yeah, it's like you. And don't answer this if you don't want to, but I'm curious listening to that. Do you feel did the Titans let you down? Uh, I wouldn't say let me down. I was just a poor poor choice on on I, I suppose the medical and and myself to get that surgery, um, yeah. the first one. Um, you know, I had a few spurs in my hip joints, and they said, "Oh, if you get this surgery, you know, you're gonna be not not in pain." And at the end of the day, it just made it worse. Um, so I'm not too sure who to blame. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I blame myself because I'm the one who signed the signed the um, sheet to get the surgery. So um, yeah, if if I can go back in time, that's probably one I could change is not to get that surgery. And because it wasn't um, hurt me a whole deal, but towards the back in the games, it was just getting very stiff and very sore and. I just mentioned it to the um, the medical staff there, and obviously it come back showing showing I have spurs in my hip joints, and you know yeah. if I get this surgery, make a full recovery, and I won't feel that again. But you know coming off that surgery was probably it it, it was worse coming off that surgery yeah, than right. what it was when I was back playing. So were you never the same player after that? Nah, like you know lost a lot of power, couldn't squat, uh, just just everything. Like I I had previous injuries too, so I had my um, adductors repaired. I had them because I had some tears in my doctors yeah. when I first come into the Titans and you know I'm I'm sure that stuff didn't help but um at the end of the day I had no no um power through my hips and I wasn't able to generate enough K's in my legs to be able to perform the way I want to perform because I could see things on the field but my body you know wouldn't let me do it if that makes sense yeah, yeah. you've obviously built a lot of resilience for life through those things is that another reason why you want to be involved in coaching what you do because you think you know I've been I've been through the lot yeah. and I can I can help people yeah and you know if if people are there to be helped I can at the end yeah. of the day you know if if um you know if even if they're not at Newtown if they're you know a local player here and 
they reach out for some guidance. You know, I'm I'm more than willing to help. Like, yeah, I know my heart and my loyalty lies with Newtown, but at the end of the day, if, if it makes you a better person or a better player, um, on and off the field, I'm I'm you know more than willing to help. And your work that you do now, I know that's something you're really passionate about. Yeah. You, you know, we've, we've been through the different NAIDOC celebrations. I don't know how passionate you are and what it means to you when you talk about your elders and things like that. Yeah. What it means for your culture. To work in that every day must give you a lot of fulfilment as well. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, you know, I'll give a shout out to my boss, Risha. Um, she she made that transition a lot easier for me because I knew, I knew um, you know, when I had that serious conversations, I had those serious conversations that that was probably going to be... Um, the result of of me retiring and I wanted to go into something and I I was previously working here but I was only doing casual and you know for her to be able to put me on full time and make it a, such an easy transition for me and my family I think helped a lot um, and you know we I just had to keep myself busy I I can't sit back um, I love hands-on stuff and if I just sit at home you know just wanted to do something I'd, I'd go insane and my wife would probably divorce me so <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to do something and um, it's, it's as you said it, it's something I'm passionate about I'm, I'm passionate about helping um, our community um, you know see the end result um, through their health and helping them through their health journey and um, you know doing the promotion stuff like our youth program we run and seeing the you know the smile on the kids faces of you know I was I was part of a lot of great um, youth programs when I was coming through and I know how enjoyable it can be and we we try and do that for our kids and you know, we try and give them the best opportunity to be exposed to everything but have fun with it. For those that don't know, tell us a bit about what you do. What's your job now? What your role is with Yeah, so um, I work for Indigenous Health. Um, I'm a project officer by title, um, so, but I pretty much work in the community space. So, um, you know, promoting our, promoting our health system and what we do um, and can provide for families. Um, not only that, you know, obviously... All our projects, like it goes all the way to Sherberg. You know, we work in Sherberg. Um, we do a lot of work in our community, and um, you know, obviously one of the things I just spoke about was our youth program, which is called the Big Buddy Program. Yeah. Um, we run the school holidays for the kids, so you know, we're we're looking at doing different things each holidays, so we can attract more kids, and you know, to keep these kids off the streets, and you know, to give them something to do, to something to look forward to. So we try and make it as fun as possible, but we also give an education um, session. It could be. Anything like, um, you know, we've had a lot of great services come through, whether it's um, doing a trade, you know, working in admin, um, you know, going to study. Um, I think we're going to go for a tour down um, a few universities and that for the kids. So we just want them to open their eyes up to everything and expose them to everything. And then at the end of the day, we're just there to support. And our numbers, they, they all have our numbers and we're, if they are struggling, they give us a call and we go and you know go and have a conversation. You know, we're me and Alf are pretty approachable, and you know we're both passionate about our jobs. You must be really passionate, and, and you look at the youth space at the moment in general. You know, like a lot of different issues with youth and talking about youth yeah. disengagement, youth crime, all of those sort of things. Is that something where you think through these different programs? And again, with your influence and your background and what you've been through, yeah. you can make a difference. Yeah, and you know, it's it's. At the end of the day, they have to reach out to us and they have to want to engage in our program. And once they do that, you know, we, we make contact and say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, you know, in the school holidays, if you're willing to come, you know, you come to our sessions for four days and we'll, um, you know, um, give you something at the end of it. Like, we'll take you away to Brisbane, we'll take you away to Wild, we'll take you to a footy game. You know, we've yeah. been everywhere. We've been um, cultural camps and, you know, 
we've done pretty much the whole of what you can do in Toowoomba, but you know the kids enjoy it, and we're just going to keep doing it as long as we can. Okay, a couple of quick ones to finish you off with from your rugby league career. Who was the hardest player you played against, and why? Hardest player, I think. The hardest player tactically was obviously JT. You could see things yep. before anyone could even notice that they were there. The hardest player to tackle um, was probably Big Nelson or Sol Solomon. I think there is um, a whole lot of me going around getting smashed. Uh, he ran clean over me when we versed the storm up in Sunshine Coast. I remember it clear as day. Um, he ran clean over me. So that's he's probably one of the hardest blokes I've ever had to tackle. He's probably six foot five, and he's he's got legs like tree trunks, and like literally, he's I think he's my age, and he's massive. <laughs> who's who's your best teammate, and why? Um, probably Tyrone Roberts. Um, you know, at the start of my career, it was um, it was he was a good mentor. He um, he just said just to to do what I do best and um, play with what's in front of you, and that's what I seem to do with my whole career. You know, I've seen opportunities, and sometimes you got to take that risk for the reward. And you know, um, it sometimes it would work, but um, it was at the start of my career when things didn't work. Sort of just turned to him, and he said, "Look, you know, at, at at the end of the day, you made a decision. You thought you thought something was on, or you or you seen something, then it didn't work out. But you know, it's it's footy. You know, it's you're not going to make every right decision. And um, I think as my time went on in the career, I was sort of trying to become a leader myself for these young blokes coming through. And you know, hopefully, I made a difference for those boys um, that come through. Who was the most underrated player you played with that you know that didn't get the raps, but you always thought you know it's such a good player." Oh, uh, I, he probably didn't go on the radar, but Birdie, you know Greg Bird, yep. he's he is one tough player, and he he loved the Titans, and he loved his teammates, and he'd do anything for them. So I I don't think he flew on the radar, but um, I think that's he's probably one of the um, one of my best teammates I've had. I think. And who's had the biggest influence on your career? Um, on my career, I think. Obviously, my wife. You know, she's been yeah. there since, since my first year at the Titans, um, and she's been there through, through a lot of thick, um, and a lot of happy times too. You know, we've rode the roller coaster up and down, um, but, um, you know, before that, probably my parents. Um, yeah. You know, they were willing. I remember when I was first um, heading down the to the Broncos, and it, it was hard. Like it, I moved away from home when I left school. Uh, I had to work. Um, you know. I was a chippy apprentice and I had to go to work and then I had to go to training. I had to go to work, I had to go to training, I had to get up every day. And I think I was only three or four days in and I said, look, I've, I've had enough, mum, you know, I'm coming home and on the phone crying to her and then she told me to stick it out and, um, you know, I'm glad I did because look at the result, um, you know, but as I said, I couldn't have done it without my parents. Yeah, so both incredible people. And what about, you had some time obviously with Wayne Bennett. I mean, you know, yeah. famously, I remember you at the Broncos and he was the one, well, it was through the media, it was quoted as he said, you need to be playing NRL now. It didn't have a spot for the Broncos, so he wanted to see, like, what what influence did he have on your career as you, as you came through and of course <laughs> were part of that Broncos system? Yeah, I don't think he knew my name when I, you know, when he first came up, you know, I was in the 20s and I had my own locker and as soon as he came, he just stripped that straight off me. He said, you you haven't played, you haven't earned it pretty much. So it was, um, it's a tough, it was a tough start to my um, career with Wayne, but um, as a mentor, he's just one person you don't want to let down and, you know, he, he he talks greatness through his little words. He tells you, you know, he didn't talk very often, but you know, he. I think once he got to know players and you know how they how they bond with the team and how they bring their own dynamic to the team, he sort of brought that together with his assistants. And um, you know, in 2015, the year they made that 
that grand final, he, you know, he didn't. He he spoke, but when he spoke, it was powerful. Um, yeah. And you know, for him to be still coaching now, um, you know, it's it's obviously massive. But yeah, he he was the one that pretty much rung me on the the, the day before the cap, um on the captain's on the day before the game. He said, "I come in, I got strapped, I was a bit late," and he just said, um, "You know, I think you might be playing tomorrow night. You know, fifty percent chance." And as the training got through, you seventy five percent chance of playing. And by the end of it, he was like, "You're definitely playing tomorrow night." And I just yeah. I don't know what I did. I think I was ring ring mum. You know, I was still nervous around all the boys, and like I, I'm a young bloke. You know, it's, it, this is not my team. I was playing on twenties, and um, but he just said, just go out there and do your job, and I'll last for 29 minutes till I compound fracture my fingers. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a great start to my career. <laughs> did you have a conversation with him before when you said I've signed with the Titans, or how that came about? <clears throat> yeah. So um, there was an opportunity that come up at the Titans, and um, there was a spot there for me to play regular NRL, and the first time he declined it, he just said no, flat no. Um, so I so just when you wouldn't release, he said no. Nah. Yeah, he just said no. Nah. And then I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then as time went on, and he must have been seeing me play in the 20s, he was just like, yeah, I think, you know, you're good enough to play in NRL. And um, obviously with um, Anthony Milford and Ben Hunt here, it's going to be hard to crack this team and you might be sitting here for a long time. And you're a young bloke who needs an opportunity somewhere. And, you know, I'm, I'm releasing you on the basis that, on the basis that you're going to be playing um, in the NRL. Um, just don't come back to haunt me. I think that's what he said. So, um, yeah, no, he, and then sort of just signed with the Gold Coast, and then I was playing 20s, and then obviously gave me the opportunity to debut at the Broncos. And I'm very grateful for that because loved every minute of that, every 29 minutes of that. Um, and yeah, so it just sort of went from there. And um, yeah, and here I am now. So, do you think of some of those teachings in what you try and do now as a coach? Yeah, you know, I, particularly that mentoring space. Yeah, like the mentoring space is good, um, but. Over time, like I've had some great coaches. Um, I've had a lot of coaches, especially at the Titans. You know, picked up sort of um, traits here and there from each each coach, and um, to be trying to implement them into um, the TRL into the boys here, it it does take time. And you know, when when those people speak up there, they have the world behind them. But up here, you know, they have their families, they have the club they're proud of, and um, you know, that's I try and speak uh, my mind, and I do get frustrated a lot because I know what. Newtown's capable of and I know what the boys are capable of if they showed the commitment and you know showed that want that they want to get better as a club and they want to get better as a team um, and you know to see some of the results um, that that we've tossed up this year it probably doesn't reflect on you know how how close some games have been it's just you know they're obviously fitter they're obviously faster they've obviously bonded a lot more than what we have and they've had years behind them with the experience so hopefully one day we'll get there and we might be able to speed up time a little bit um, you know in the next few years and you know be great again and be um, a very powerful club. Yeah, well, I'm certainly doing great things just being involved with the league here and for, for Newtown. Obviously, your, your presence is a, is a big thing and I'm sure there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and whilst you're involved, I'm sure that there's going to be uh, better days ahead. So um, we wish you all the best the rest of the season. Really appreciate you coming in, being quite open and talking to us. I think yeah. people will really enjoy listening to it because it is, it's an incredible story. Yeah. And you're, you're, it's just a, the living story and to, as I said, honestly, when you said when you spoke before about those moments, it's literally had goosebumps as you yeah. speak about that. Like you yeah, this is all lived experience. I probably don't get to you know speak like this. Like once I retired, it was pretty much yeah, you retired and don't get an opportunity to tell your story and you tell your story and have a few beers. But it's not. It's <laughs> more powerful when you know when it comes from the heart. When you know that um you know obviously alcohol is not in the situation and um but it's just great to be able to get it off my chest too. Like I I enjoy telling my story and if 
people want to hear different stories, you know, I'm more than happy to be approached and um, to tell my story or more stories again. Yeah, we'll have you on any time. Thanks very much for coming <laughs> on and joining us on the show. Cheers, thank you. And, and now, and now, I present local sport with the semi pros. Welcome back. You are listening to the Semi Pros. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Ash Taylor. It was it was incredible to spend a bit of time with Ash. And if you could see and feel in the studio just the the passion at which he spoke about that. And when you talk about going deep on a couple of those things, just in terms of injuries and the thought process of what he had to go through in his mind, his heart, and his soul with that decision to retire at the age of twenty seven. And you know what? I reckon he'll play again somewhere in some capacity, whether it's TRL or I don't know. But uh, but just get that impression that he'll pull on the boots again at some stage. So, But uh, but great to have him involved in local rugby league and great to have him spend a bit of time with us here on the show. All right, let's have a look at what is happening in sport this weekend. As we always say, get out and support some local sport. A local sports wrap, what's on this weekend, presented to you by PL McKellar Concreting. And they, of course, are a big sponsor of Newtown and Ash Taylor and the guys there as well. But for PNL McKellar concreting, this is what's happening this weekend. Local Rugby Union will be up to the elimination finals. So the big Super Saturday last weekend, we're up to the elimination finals now. So grand final coming up next week. So key time in the Risden Cup. Having a look at uh, the Football Queensland Premier League, what is happening this weekend for our Thunder teams. So first of all, so the uh, the women who are flying high and sitting well entrenched in that top four. They take on the Logan Lightning. So that one is a away game. So a big one there for our local women Thunder team that are doing so well. The men who are looking to keep their season alive, they're up against the Sunshine Coast. So the Thunder playing the Sunshine Coast. Other sporting action that's occurring this weekend. We are up to round 20 of the Host Plus Cup. And we're up at Clive Berghofer Stadium. Saturday, the uh, the 5th, we see the Clydesdales taking on the North's Devils. So the Clydesdales looking to round out their season with a couple of wins. So this one will be, I think it's possibly their last home game of the season. But anyway, so round 20 of the competition. The Clydesdales up against the North's Devils. So that's what's happening with fixtures there. Local Rugby League in the Toowoomba Rugby League will be up to round number 16 of the Toowoomba Rugby League. The Dolby Diehards take on Warwick, so that'll be a good, exciting clash between two of the top teams in the competition. Highfields up against Valleys. Brothers take on Pittsworth. Pittsworth, Newtown, that man Ash Taylor there will be in charge, take on Souths out there at the Jack Martin Centre. Oakey takes on Gundawindi and Wattles will meet Gatton. So that's a look at what is happening in the Toowoomba Rugby League. The AFL Darling Downs, so the Allied Pickfords Cup and the uh, Toyota Cup. So the Toyota Cup being the women's, the Allied Pickfords Cup in the men's. We're up to round 16, second last weekend of fixtures of the local competition. Gundawindi will take on Dolby, South Burnett at home to South Toowoomba. Warwick will take on Coolaroo and Toowoomba up against universities, so in a local derby there. Whilst in the Toyota Cup for the senior women's, so we have round 16 fixtures here, Gundawindi and Dolby. 
South Burnett taking on South Toowoomba. Coolaroo with the bye and Toowoomba at home to university. So that's a bit of a look at what is happening in local sport this weekend with thanks to PNL McKellar Concreting. As we always say, get out and support some local sport, whether it's juniors or seniors. There's plenty happening for grassroots sport. Well, that is the semi-pros for this week. Thanks for joining us on the program. We'll talk to you next week. That's my rock of the week. I think he's a dead set ghost. That's his strain beer, probably all over his ceiling. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Isn't there a rule you can't nominate yourself as Diamond of the Week? It was just a spectacle. It was probably one of the better games you'll see. Just, just about doing, mate. Uh, surely. There you go. That's outstanding. That much talent running around in our own backyard. Ladies and gentlemen, the semi-pros. The semi-pros. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up.